This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Listen, Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I am Blake Howard, your host as always, and joining me as promised at the end of the last episode with Diane Venora embracing her daughter in the kitchen after being medicated is the wonderful Guardian Australian film beat writer and Daily Review film critic, Luke Buckmaster. Welcome back, sir. Thank you, Blake. Good to be here. Excellent. So, we're up to the eighth minute of heat. We sure are. I've roped you into this madness with me. Thank Very you so much. Very happy to be roped in, my friend. <laughs> Very happy to be roped in. Let's check this out, and you guys can have a listen along, and then we're going to talk about this next minute. You won't come before we find them, I promise you. Hey! Another refill. Now we won't refill. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Michael, huh? We, we sort of start this minute, there's like a couple of brief seconds that we start the uh, the eighth minute. Um, so we start this, just a couple of seconds is the final sort of scene and talking and mentioning that nothing's going to be a problem and Venora sort of reassuring Natalie Portman's character that, you know, we're going to find it, your dad's going to get here on time, everything's going to be fine. And bang, at about seven minutes, three seconds, we see a restroom at this completely lovely mural what looks to be sort of mm. Spanish uh, place and we get introduced to Kevin Gage's mulleted Wayne Grow and if you look at about 7 minutes sort of 9-10 seconds as he's walking past this Hispanic sort of beautifully muraled um, cafe is what looks to be two lightning strikes or SS on his neck tattooed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which uh, some sort of Aryan Brotherhood tats Often denote not nice person. <laughs> Would you say that? Yeah, Luke? I think that's a fair call. <laughs> yeah, it does although it's quite subtly done, you wouldn't necessarily no. uh, think he was um, tattooed in swastikas, for example. But no. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a very LA kind of setting, isn't it? Massively it's, LA. This yeah. is this is the first that the movies really looked LA. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even then, it's kind of surreal LA too. It's sort of kitschy LA. It's this sort of Spanish sort of tableau sort of thing when he's coming out of the loo. You know? Yeah. And there was also a, a hose um, just attached to the wall, which almost looks like an old school film reel. Um, I think it's probably about four or five seconds in, so it's yes. just left there. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a kind of film reel. But yeah, he's um, he's obviously kind of 
even from these short moments, looks like it's kind of like a combination of a, a, a man on a mission, but also almost like a man without purpose. He's, yes. He's left the building. He's got that kind of strange look on his face, which suggests I'm, I'm not really very happy with the world. Yeah. Uh, but he's also in a bit of a hurry as well. And, and then he puts on his glasses, which kind of um, disguises the look a little bit. Yeah, he looks a bit frazzled. And, and I love he's like, give me a refill. So he's been there for some time, but it's exactly like he said, he's unsure. There's something mm. that's weird about this. He's like... I don't know. There's in a rush. Maybe did I miss anyone? I hope I goddamn didn't miss someone. I've just had to duck into the bathroom. He's been waiting there for a little bit of time impatiently. And then right now we're about seven minutes and 20 seconds and he sees, you know, he sees his ride, a massive heavy duty towing truck. And he sort of runs out of there before he's able to pick up his refill. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually saw a reflection in the window too. I think, did we see the, the, that huge truck in the, in the reflection? I think it's Let's have a look. possible. Let's have a look. <laughs> it's fun watching him do it. So where his... was he? Was he buying fruit or... No, it's, it, it looks like this is sort of a breakfasty bar, looks like. And he's getting coffee. He's tapped his, he's tapped his cup down. That's right. And, yeah. let's, and let's see if we can see the reflection. Really, no, you can't quite. not really a fruit kind of dude. Uh, but you can see in the, in, the, in the window there's a reflection of a, it looks like a yellow vehicle. Is it? Yeah, that's, is, that's like... When this... we move away, is it... Um, Let's just go forward again. I mean, yeah. So it, it couldn't looks, be. It couldn't looks like be a continuity error there. <laughs> we might have, but it's, it just looks like you know. It looks like this again. Very industrial LA. It doesn't look like LA. Yeah. The, the classical LA that we, we we're used to seeing. There's a there's a guy walking past in a, a shopping cart, looking homeless because it's full of sorts of uh, you know garbage and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah. here we run up and bang. Kevin Gage runs up to the truck. We've got. Um, the, the, the lovely Tom Sizemore sitting here at, in, in the truck, bang, leather glove, puts his hand up at seven minutes and 27 seconds. And I just love this interaction. What's your name? Wayne Grow. <laughs> what a weird name. It is that, a, yeah, it is a weird name. There's such suspicion and weirdness on his face there. Yeah. And yet he's kind of. Um, putting sort of his, 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 his sort of first foot forward. He's really the one going, who are you, sort of thing. It's not, it's not, a, it's not just that I'm going to allow to be anyone to jump into this. Truck. No, it's a power issue. It's a power struggle. And you're going to see more yeah. of that a little bit later on. Yeah. I love that, a power struggle. So he's here. He looks him up and down. He clearly, and what I love about this is I feel like he knows, he knows who the guy's name is. He knows probably what he should look like, but he's still making him stand there and say, what's your name? Tell me who you are. All right, now you can come in. And just even the look of him. You look at Wayne Grow, he comes in, he's a bit balding, he's got these reflective sunglasses on and tattoos, wants to chit-chat. Love yeah, that. You're Michael, yeah. right? Wants to chit-chat. I love that. I'm not here to be your friend. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of classic um, criminal dynamic where one person wants to kind of shoot their mouth off, chew the fat. They've, they've got some void in their life that wants to be filled with the social element of criminalization. You know? <laughs> but then on the other hand, Michael's a professional. He's, he's got all the kind of... Uh, he's, he's as impersonal and business-like as someone in an abattoir or a slaughterhouse. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's there to do a specific job. He's going to move on to the next job. Well, I'm not here to get to know you, and frankly, I'll forget about you later on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there's always uh, in the quiet criminal, there's 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 a danger, you know, because they're more erratic, they're more unpredictable. But yes. having said that, so is the loudmouth. Yes. You know? So is the loudmouth. I mean, I guess maybe like a Mister Blonde type character is yes. the, the quieter one who can get up to a whole lot of 
mischief. But then on the other hand, you've got Blabbermouth over here who's incapable of, of all sorts of things. Yes. So they're both erratic and unusual in their own way. But one is definitely calling the shots and, and he's behind the wheel. Even just even the, the gloves. So this you get this massive, this Raja, this giant truck, which is going to feature so powerfully in one of the coolest opening heists, I think, of any film. Um, but we're sort of at the moment, we're pulling all these pieces together. We've seen Neil McCauley arrive on the train. We've seen him sort of very business-like walk through an emergency room. We've seen Kilmer's Chris Shahila stand there and buy explosives. And even though you see the, the clerk look him up and down and feel like he's wrong, He's doing all the right things, but there's an almost an acknowledgement, this sort of brash acknowledgement that there's something going down. The quick digression we've had with Vincent's family is to contextualise that side of it, but we're right in the mm. thick of it now. It feels like we've had a few, like a little quick digression to another couple of timelines, but we are right in the thick of it now. We are back. We are on the way to something. And as as Wayne Gray sort of putting on, you're like he gets into the truck, we kind of, we don't really see it, but he gets into the truck and he starts applying a uniform. This crew that Michael is a part of is yes. very prepared. Yeah, yeah. And this is also just in this moment, I think it's starting to come together in this film. This is Michael Mann really having a lot of respect for the geographical location, both the audience of the characters and the audience. Yes. So it's almost like his, his directorial style reminds me of a kind of uh, George Miller. Yes. Uh, appreciation. So when they're staging an action scene, Michael Mann is um, very kind of painstakingly effective at showing you exactly where people are at any time. So yes. the audience is never really confused or discombobulated by that. <laughs> yes. And in some senses, I think he's really... Um, like almost like a Hitchcockian style is moving objects together. He's yeah. often, I think, his, his directorial approach in the action scenes is quite impersonal. Yes. And that's not in a bad way. It's it's really the emotions come in, in concentrated areas. This yeah. is business. Yes. And it's just, business as much for Michael Mann as it is these characters. Yes. So he's, he's really positioning people on the board. And we're, so we're, just as we approach the end of the eight minute, we're sort of starting to see those characters being positioned. And, and, and particularly that also, as the pieces are coming together on the board, part of the business is you need to look the part. You need to be the part. Each of these guys have seen Neil McCauley already. And I, I love that you said what you said there about like Miller is you're not discombobulated. And I almost think it's something powerful about the gloves. The minute you see De Niro put the gloves on and approach the ambulance because that's going to stop him from having his fingerprints picked up. Mm. We also see here with Michael holding a leather bound glove and then we eventually see Wayne Grove put similar gloves. It's like, we are part of a job. This job is happening today. We're back on that timeline we began with. Mm. We, we, it's, it's like, we're in the same outfit. We're in the wardrobe. Here we go. This is this is what is going to happen. And so the final six seconds, you've got, you know, sort of Wayne Grove appears to be that kind of person that wants to shoot the shit. You know, we get to the eight second and he's asking sort of almost like a, a pre-interview. Hi, do you guys, you know, you guys do this, you know, you're a regular crew, huh? Yeah, like, you know, small talk. <laughs> it's yeah, just, yeah. this small talk is... It's not flying. It's it's he's no, not a very good it's audience. Kind of like he's, he's applying for a job he's already got. Yes. And the, the pseudo interview over here is he's well aware of what sort of stick he's doing. Yes. It's like he's, he's he's actually not interested. All the time, all the time. You know, as as laconic as an answer can possibly become. But I love that it's still moving. We're still moving. Things are still happening. We're still getting to somewhere. I love that that kinetic. We're moving. We've picked. I've picked you up at a at a pre at a predetermined point, and at least he's. You can see that there's way more anxiety in Wango. Even just there's 
I love that contrast. There's Wango there, anxiety, I need to go to the bathroom. Like, I've clearly been here to have downed one coffee, maybe two, you know, based on his edginess. Mm. I want to refill. I'm arriving at the time you told me that I would be there. I'm here, I'm stopping here, I'm picking you up in this truck. Here's your uniform. Shut up. <laughs> We're going to get to somewhere. We need yeah. to go to the next minute. Yeah, and that idea that things are moving geographically also corresponds, I think, to Michael Mann having quite a, uh, a almost like a location as in map-based <laughs> sense of what's going on. So yes. Hitchcock's North by Northwest is the classic example Perfect. of you, you can chart the, the, the characters moving North by Northwest across the American landscape. Um, Michael Mann also has a, a quite a fastidious attention to... Um, where I, they are in a map. Yeah, if I've picked him up here, I'm literally going to travel geographically yeah. to get to that exact it's location. It's a very, almost like a scientific approach. Uh, you know, it's very, very extremely logical and uh, he wants people to know. And, and we've also, also saw that in Collateral as well as another Incredible. great example of that. Yeah. With more aerial shots too yes. in Collateral, more kind of helicopter shots tracking the character's movements. The only aerial shot that is in this film so far is literally an, over, uh, an aerial shot of Neil McCauley walking as he walks up to the hospital. So at the moment, we get the sense that there's movement, but it's not as clinical as Collateral. Collateral's like mm. a very intercity. It almost feels like this is an LA out of time. So in like 1995, even with the opening minute of the film, you arrive on a train, a train that actually wasn't open to the public at the time that they shot people getting off the train. <laughs> so yeah, it's almost like this yeah. out of time. So now we're, we're, we're in LA. As you said, there's that very beautiful green muraled caricature of LA but mm. it's off the beaten path it's not classic LA yeah yeah absolutely and yeah from those opening train moments you can see the kind of smoke coming off it it's like mist from a mountain yes it's a way of turning something that's you know quite machine like and quite artificial into something that's organic and part of the natural environment or quite unquote natural environment yeah. so and I think the, the big truck and the overpass on the on the freeway and all this stuff is a kind of an extension of that. This is the organic wilderness, but as you've said, um, it's also sort of like, I don't know, LA alternative or LA otherworldly or yes. LA 2.0 or something. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not, there's no Hollywood sign in this movie. No. There, and, no. and it doesn't feel like in any man movie, even Collateral, which is... You know, people talk about it being such a quintessentially different and, you know, with Koreatown, L.A., like it's it's got a, a really different L.A. flavor. I don't feel like when I watch L.A. Collateral and I watch Heat, I don't even feel like sometimes they're the same city. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I also think it'd be very, very interesting to ask why there were so few, Michael Mann, why there were so few aerial shots. Yes. I mean, it's certainly not a criticism at all, but I'm, I'm quite interested to see why one has... At least according to my memory, Collateral has quite a few. I, I'm definitely. Certainly yeah, no, definitely. Quite, I certainly remember quite a few. Whereas, but Heath has also got a, um, it's got a sort of uh, intensity, sort of visual intensity that tends to hover around the shoulders a little bit. Yes. You know, you kind of, you're, you're almost in their faces all the time. Whereas you also get an experience and a sensation of a great amounts of space. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much oxygen to breathe in this movie. It's, it's, <laughs> it's everywhere. And, and it's really part of him framing things as in well yes we are looking at characters right now but we're also looking at a city yes we've only talked for one minute we only talked for one minute <laughs> this, no is the, this is this is only the eighth minute 
Yeah, okay. I thought you meant we have only talked. No, about, no, no. Say we've only, we've only Surely dis- not. We've, no, we've only dissected one... One minute, minute. yeah. Well, we could do this all again and spend another... How long have we been talking about this one minute? About 15 minutes, well, about 15, yeah, 20 minutes. It's, it's a limitless, limitless scope, yeah. Well, let's keep going. Let's keep La- going. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end One Heat Minute episode 8 here. And we're going to kick off with In the Ninth Minute because... There is so much more, even in this micro-interaction between Michael and Wayne Grow that we get to relish in. Uh, and then we start to see these bodies, these pieces on the chessboard moving together to formulate one of the classic cinema heists. So join us again. Luke Buckmaster, you'll be back. Oh, I certainly will. Try and stop me, Blakey boy. <laughs> try and stop me. <laughs> I'm not going to try. Thank you so much, Mr. Luke Buckmaster. You can find him at Luke Buckmaster on Twitter, also on Guardian Australia, and often on the Daily Review. Uh, he is an absolute treat, as you heard. Thank you to Garth Franklin for our website design and Paul Davies for our music. We'll be back. Thank you so much for joining us on this One Heat Minute journey, guys. Please subscribe, rate, and review this bad boy on your favourite platforms.